we all get to heaven. Are you going? Have you made your calling and election? Sure. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thankful for the presence of the Lord that is here in this place. God in all his wisdom created. He's the great creator and he knows what he's doing. How you and I are wired as human beings is no mistake. The structure of the body of Christ is not in error. God created us to have relationship with him and with others. He created us to be connected to him, to be connected to his body, the church. Without getting too far into the weeds, God has created in us the right neural structure, nervous, and biological system to connect with others. The truth of the matter is, we can know there is a God by the way we perceive things, by the way we connect, by the way our senses interact with creation. Romans 1.20 in the NLT says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. We can see God in his creation, but we can also feel and sense God through connection. Biological science tells us that we are the only species that have the neural structures in our brains to engage the way that we do. Social engagement is critical to our survival. Mental health strongly shows what happens when children experience emotional, mental, and physical deprivation. The outcomes are tragic. And I know I can geek out over this stuff, so I'll try to come back a little bit and not get too crazy. But I want to make a point here. The advancement of medical in the medical field has allowed us to now see the brain and the development of it. Scans show that parts of a child's brain experience developmental deficiencies or deficits when they do not have a caregiver near them who validates their emotions before the age of four. When that happens, those deficits lead to emotional regulation issues as the child grows. This creates major difficulties throughout their entire lives. God has designed us to need one another. We are hardwired to connect. Tangeman University in 2021 published that the most important things that any child needs at any stage in the development are connection, presence, and affection. Back in 1970, Dr. Ed Tronick conducted the famous still face experiment. I'll quickly explain. The study involves a mom and her baby, about a one and a half year old, sitting in a high chair, and they're face to face and playing. During the first phase, the mom played and mirrored the emotions and expressions her baby was making, cooing, the tilting of the head. When the baby would point, the mom would look and comment and giggle, and back and forth they would go. In the second phase, the mom simply was still sitting there, turned her head, and then turned back and had a deadpan face, a still face. She was just not responsive is the only thing that she changed. And she only did this for two minutes. The baby worked so hard to engage the mom 
But the mom remained with just a still face. That baby began to cry, began to screech, began to pull at her hair, began to try to get out of the high chair when the mom did not validate the emotions and expressions of her baby. You can look this up on YouTube, and they've done this experiment over and over and over, and it breaks your heart watching those little babies. You just want to grab them because you can see, literally see the distress on these children, and it's just a little two-minute experiment. But without that connection, that baby becomes greatly disturbed, and that releases large amounts of stress and worry hormones in that little body. And if that would last for long periods of time, that over that child's life, their overall health would be greatly harmed. We are hardwired by our creator to connect. So why do I bring this up? This is church, not a general psych class or child development class. I bring it up because the body of Christ is all about connection. The Bible says the body of Christ is fitly framed together. Think of your natural body. Everything is connected. Almost everything is dependent on each other. Let me read some verses to you. Colossians 3.14. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. More than anything else, clothe yourself with love. Love is what binds us together in harmony. Love is what connects us together. Paul tells the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 3, 12, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Paul was praying that God would increase their capacity to love one another. That love would then connect them. I'm telling you, the church has the answer for this world. People are lonely. People are isolated. People are scared. People are hurting. People are depressed. People are confused. And people need to know there is hope. There is love and there is a God who cares about them. I'm talking about the importance of being connected to the body of Christ. I shared with you the experiment from 1970 concerning a young child. But let's go way back into Scripture. And I want to show you something from an adult's perspective. First Kings tells a fascinating account in the 17th, 18th, and 19th chapters. Chapter 17 is where Elijah goes to Ahab, the king of Israel, and he said, there won't be any rain until I say there's going to be rain. Quite a statement. Elijah left King Ahab's presence, and the Lord told him where to go. And from there, he would sustain him during the entire drought and famine. After three years of no dew or no rain, God told Elijah to go back and meet with King Ahab. These two men met, and, God, and Elijah said, make sure all of Israel is there and bring all of the 850 false prophets to the top of Mount Carmel. They all gathered, and Elijah said, if the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal be God, follow him. And everyone just stood there looking. Elijah then proclaimed, the God that answers by fire is the true God. They built an altar and the prophets of Baal prayed and did everything they could for hours upon hours to try to get Baal to answer by fire. Elijah finally had enough and stopped it. He prayed a simple prayer. Fire whoo, fell and consumed everything. 
after this great demonstration of God's power, King Ahab's wife Jezebel heard what happened. That evil woman flew into a rage and sent word to Elijah that I'm going to kill you. This woman has now threatened the mighty prophet Elijah. Elijah, who had just stopped the rain for three years. Elijah, who was miraculously cared for during the famine. Elijah, who prayed and fire fell from heaven. Elijah, I didn't get to this part in the Bible story, but Elijah who prayed and rain poured down. And when that happened, Elijah was the one that took off running and outran a horse and chariot. That Elijah, the Bible tells us, was afraid. There was distress. He had received bad news. There was a bad report. 1 Kings 19.3 says, and when he saw that, that, that is that he saw this woman was after him, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah. Watch, watch, watch. And he left his servant there. Next verse. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness came and sat down on a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it's enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I'm not better than any than my father's. Elijah, who had just been a part of those powerful miracles, isolated himself, ran into the desert far away and collapsed under a bush with exhaustion and started getting into his own head. First, First Kings 19, 9. And he came thither to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? God's asking Elijah, why are you by yourself in the middle of nowhere, backed into a cave? Elijah tries to defend himself. Well, Lord, the children of Israel have all turned their back on you. They've thrown down the altars. They've, they've killed all the prophets except me. And I'm the only one. And they're trying to kill me. Then God said to Elijah, get out of the cave and go stand on the mountain. There was an earthquake. There was fire. There was wind. There was a still small voice. And ultimately, after all of that, God told Elijah, get out of the cave and get going. I need you to go down to Damascus. You need to anoint Haziel to be king of Syria. Then you would go over and you anoint Jehu to be king of Israel. Then find Elisha while you're at it, and he's going to take your place after you mentor him. And by the way, there are 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed their knee to Baal. They're still on my side. They're still mine. You're the one who isolated yourself. You're the one who ran from everyone. Here is what I'm trying to tell you so far this morning. Come out of your cave. Come out of your isolation. Come out of that cave of doubt. Come out of that cave of confusion and start connecting. Start connecting to God. Start connecting to the vision of the church. Start connecting to others. It doesn't matter how powerful you think you are. It doesn't matter how weak you think you are. You were made to connect and you need to connect. The sanctuary has things in place and are implementing even more and more things to help 
people connect, but you are going to have to reach back and connect with the sanctuary. The first part of February, we're hosting here at this church a grant writing seminar. We wanna see if there is any funding to help us with things that are still in the dream stage. Because, oh no, it's not off the table. We still very much are looking into starting a counseling center. We're still looking at starting a food pantry, a community center, classes to help people learn skills, groups to help people with their finances and addictions. We're still looking and exploring of ways to start even more daughter works across this city. It takes funding, and so we're exploring those options. In the middle of February, I have a meeting to get some ideas and directions for the possibility of a capital campaign and what phase needs to happen first. We're out of space in so many areas. As a matter of fact, we're already looking into a complete remodel of our, of our toddler and nursery areas because we have too many babies in there. But I think that's a great thing. We're going to keep growing and keep continuing to do what God wants us to do because even in 2024, we have eight more babies come and talk about connection. That's a side note. This is not even counting all the new families that God's going to add to the church. This is not counting all the people that's going to see the light and come and have their sins washed away. The 21st of this month, we are launching life groups. Following that Sunday service, we will have a life group fair in the gymnasium. You'll be able to sign up for a life group so that you can connect to others. There will be groups that play sports. There'll be groups that do book studies. There'll be books that there'll be groups that go out to eat. There'll be groups that study the Bible. There'll be groups that serve. There'll be groups that learn. You'll be hearing more and more about this. In other words, we have structure in place here at the sanctuary. We have directors and we have team leads and we have teams that you can get a part of. There are so many opportunities. You ready? There's the anchors team, the baptism team, the Bible quiz team, the community team, the creative team, the culinary team, the custodial team, the death ministry team, the donuts team, the evangelism team, the events team, the greeters, the Holy Rose Cafe team, the in-house team, the maintenance team, the outreach team, the parking lot team, the prayer team, the productions team, the resource center team, the security team, the supportive team, transportation team, and I'm certain I messed up. Don't tell me you can't get connected at the sanctuary. Everybody needs to get connected somewhere. You were not created to be isolated. You were hardwired to connect. Why is this staff working so hard and volunteers are helping and dreaming and planning and working and promoting? Because we are setting up a structure so everyone, everyone has a place to connect. I am sick and tired, my mother's words. I'm sick and tired of the lies that people are buying into. That no one loves them. No one cares for them. No one is there for them. I say to you, welcome to the sanctuary. This church loves, this church helps, this church prays, this church fasts, this church gives. This church is headed for unprecedented revival 
because we're going to link up and connect up. John 13 says, by this, by this, shall they know you're my disciples. What are you going to do? Everybody's going to love. We're just going to throw love. We're just going to be clothed in love. We're going to connect in love. That's what we're going to do at the sanctuary. And all this is important. We're called to connect to each other. We're called to connect to the body of Christ. We're called to work while it's day. We're called to give of our time, our treasure, and our talent that we've been given. But ultimately, all of this is to get everyone connected to God. If we buy someone a meal, that's biblical. That's a good thing. That's connection. But if we never connect them to Jesus, their belly may be full, but their soul is still empty. The greatest thing we can ever do is connect to God and help others get connected to God. Because when we connect to God, he can do in three seconds what we can't do in a lifetime. I want people to get connected to each other in this church, absolutely. But I am absolutely ate up with passion that everybody finds their connection to God in this place. Several reasons, but let me give you these. You'll get your Bible reading in today. Here we go. Psalm 16, 11. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Jeremiah 33, call unto me, God says. Connect with me and I'll answer thee. I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Philippians says, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't, don't, don't just sit around worrying. But in everything, connect in prayer. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Matthew says, Jesus, he's quoting Jesus, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly a heart, and ye shall find rest rest into your souls. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Galatians says, but the spirit of, but the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and longsuffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Psalm tells us, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 91 says, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. James says, humble thyselves. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and he shall lift you up. Second Corinthians, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold all things are new. Acts 1 tells us, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and there are so many more reasons that you need to be connected to Jesus. This church is doing what we can to set up the structure, to have systems in place, to build a culture, to create an atmosphere where everyone has a place to connect. We want you to connect to others. We want you to connect to the sanctuary but ultimately you need to connect to God. I will reiterate this is not and should not be a difficult thing to 
do because we are hardwired to connect. God has made us this way and it is for a purpose. When a boat is not anchored, it's not connected, it will drift. It sounds like the boat is free. No tethers, no ties, no limitations, nothing stopping it. But if we can personify that boat for a moment, those connections were not to control that boat. Those connections were the safety and preservation of that boat. Soon that boat will drift into dangerous waters where it no longer has any control of itself any longer. It no longer gets to say where it's going or where it's not going. It's not free. It will be ransacked and ravished by the torrents of the sea, ultimately ending in total shipwreck and total loss. I'm not asking you to connect to the sanctuary to make sure our church grows. I'm not asking you to connect to us and the sanctuary so we can ask you for more money to get what we want. I'm not asking you to connect to us so that we have a larger workforce to get all the jobs done that need to be done around here. I'm asking you to connect because it's what we are called to do and we are made to do. There is safety, there is blessing, there is peace, there is joy, there is contentment, there is victory, there is power when we connect. So maybe to sum it all up, the leadership of the sanctuary is doing our best to follow the will and plan of God. We want things to be in place that make it easy to connect to others and to this church, but most importantly, to God. My challenge for you this year is to do just that. Connect. I challenge you to connect by attending church services. How about all of them? Connect by serving somewhere in this church. Connect by signing up for a life group in a couple weeks that's coming. Connect by committing to prayer and Bible reading and Bible study. And here's why I have absolutely no problem asking you to connect. For one, we are made that way and you desperately need to and desire to connect. So it's an easy ask. But to me, the exciting part is I'm not asking you to connect to the Titanic. I'm not asking you to connect to a losing proposition. I'm not asking you to connect to a God who will fail. I'm asking you to connect to what the Bible declares is a glorious church, a triumphant church, a powerful church. I'm asking you to connect to a God who has never lost a battle, who loves us unconditionally. I'm asking you to connect to the promises of the Word of God that cannot fail. Do you understand that God Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and everybody that's connected to Him will go up in the rapture of the living God of the church. 
This is not a hard challenge. This is the greatest thing that could ever happen to us. Connection brings revival. Connection brings help. Connection brings power. Connection brings victory. Let's stop wondering what could happen if we all get together and connected. No more excuses, folks. No more I don't have a place. No more feeling sorry for yourself. Everybody get out on the field. Clear the bleachers, everybody. It's time to do something for the work. It's time to do something for God. Beautiful things are going to happen. Powerful things are going to happen when we get connected.